Yeah, hello and welcome back. Today is a very, very exciting day, not only because of this podcast episode. Um, welcome back, everyone, to the Outer Intelligence Podcast. This is Frida, and I'm your host. And as usual, this podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live your absolute best life despite ringing, humming, hissing, whatever those sounds may be that you experience. Um, it doesn't really matter whether it's a combination of these sounds or whether you're very new to them or whether you've been dealing with tinnitus for decades. Um, in this podcast, we try to give you some uh, insights into the journeys of habituation, not only my personal journey to habituation, but also the journey that I share with many of the coaching clients that I've been working with over the past uh, five years. And yeah, some insights from our community. But today, everything is about our new book. Yeah, today marks the launch of Accepting the Unacceptable, an eight weeks journey towards tinnitus habituation. Um, it's a book that I uh, wrote using all of the tools, everything that I have been sharing with my clients in the past few years, but also what has really worked well and resonated well with the people who are in our community. And in essence, it is a strategic guide for all of you guys out there to start learning what to do or more, <laughs> more specifically, what not to do when you are dealing with tinnitus and how you can help uh, uh, behave in the most helpful way that way around. Sorry, I'm trying to say many things at the same time. So I should hold my horses because I have time. It's a podcast, right? And podcasting involves me talking about things. So I'm going to take my time. So the book is, in essence, an eight weeks uh, program towards tinnitus habituation, uh, including a lot of tips and tricks and guided um, uh, science-based uh, behavioral therapy approaches that you can use in order to signal to your brain that tinnitus is exactly what it is a benign body sensation that a lot of people experience. Um, not everyone as uh, intense as I do with that one deaf ear and the tinnitus on the remaining other ear. But uh, yeah, I mean, in the end, uh, it's very, very important that we signal to our brain that it's a benign body sensation and that we can simply experience it rather than constantly fighting about it. Um, but today in this podcast episode, we're not only talking about the book, which uh, of course launches today and you can get at www.tinnitus-book.com. That's www.tinnitus-book.com. Uh, in today's episode, we're talking to Dr. Michael Golenhofen, who is a, um, a tinnitus specialist for 20 to 25 years already in the tinnitus realm. Uh, he's been working with a lot of patients, um, uh, analyzing underlying causes of tinnitus and then individual treatment mechanisms. So everything that you should be doing um, before uh, tuning into our podcast. No, I mean... It's always advisable that you talk to a specialist or a doctor before to make sure um, that you have no underlying cause uh, for your tinnitus. But once you have done that, checked with your audiologist and your doctor and everything seems to be in order, then uh, it's a fantastic approach to go with, um, to delve into the resources that the podcast offer, that the community at um, www.mytinnitus.club offers. And of course, also what we have in the book. 
But uh, today we have uh, Dr. Michael Gorlenhofen. He is a tinnitus specialist for 25 years. Uh, he's done many, many, many interesting things in the realms and field of tinnitus and yeah, it uh, was a very insightful conversation. It's really, really cool. He's currently also hosting a retreat together with um, Julian Cohen-Hill, who you prop properly also know, and he's been on this podcast as well. So go back to the episode with Julian Cohen-Hill, super, super interesting person in the tinnitus space and a lot of views on YouTube as well. So uh, without further ado, let's do the intro and then get right into the podcast episode with uh, Michael Golenhofen from uh, Germany, uh, 25 years of tinnitus experience as an ENT and tinnitus specialist. I hope it's useful and uh, I'm super delighted to launch the book. And if you want to get your copy, then uh, go to www.tinnitus-book.com. I'll see you over there. Hello and welcome to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. All right, then um, welcome back to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. Uh, this is Frida and I'm your host. And today I have a very, very exciting guest. We had only very few people from uh, from uh, Germany uh, on this podcast before, but today we have another guest. His name is uh, Dr. Michael Golenhofen. Um, I hope I pronounce your name properly in English, but you are more than welcome also to say it in German. My name is Frida and not Frida. Um, anyways, uh, Michael, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you here. Please introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on your podcast, Frida. And um, I'm really excited, uh, very glad to to be part of your uh, podcast. And um, as a matter of fact, I'm an ENT physician. I'm uh, board certified since uh, decades and working since uh, more than 35 years in my profession. And uh, right now I'm having a, um, an ENT practice in southern Germany where I specialized very much on, on tinnitus and, and uh, vertigo disorders, but uh, tinnitus and hearing disorders are my definite specialty. And this specialization uh, made its, its way over decades in some ways, uh, treating patients, listening carefully to, to, to their complaints, and now in the last years, I tried to develop an, a digital tool, which is available for anybody on the internet and uh, is useful, I hope, for uh, tinnitus sufferers to improve their situation. That's lovely. And we're going to talk about um, what you have created there in just a minute. Um, may I just ask, um, this is one of the first questions that I like to ask all the people who come onto the show, what led your way into tinnitus treatment? How did you how did you decide to go in to do to go that route? That's a yeah, but that's an interesting question, a complex question as well, or requires a complex answer. Uh, we have we have a lot of we have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I made my PhD in in immunology and worked with uh, uh, monoclonal antibodies. That's what we nowadays know as biologicals, very expensive uh, medications and so on. And this uh, immunolo immunological subject uh, led me to an ENT university clinic in Heidelberg, where I started my specialization. So 
the boss there uh, wanted to have my expertise in this uh, technique. And this made my way to uh, to Heidelberg at that time. And it was some kind of a center in tinnitus research or inner ear research. And this was my first contact with the subject of inner ear disorders and also the, the tinnitus subject. I then made my way away from the university into also some holistic and alternative stuff. And I always kept my interest in the uh, issue of tinnitus and try to see it from another angle as well. So I try to combine the, um, the medical perspective with some other ideas in order to find better approaches of, um, of treating my patients or diagnosing my patients. And um, the last maybe 20, 25 years, it was really very much about improving um, this approach by actually uh, choosing an, um, a theory that comes from traditional Chinese medicine, which is not really something that has to do so very much with tinnitus. But I try to explain the phenomenon through the eye of the traditional Chinese doctor. And from that went back to the conventional um, modern medical approach and somehow combined those two. And this was, was my path. And nowadays I'm not speaking very much of that actually, but uh, it is the source. Uh, a source is something else than I usually talk about when I talk about tinnitus nowadays. I, I love it though. I mean, it, it describes the long crafted trial and error that um, I think many people on their lifespan are on between uh, trying different paths and trying to combine them and then sort of like finding their own fit in there. And I think that's very beautiful um, and very, very nice. And uh, uh, yeah, thank you for devoting uh, your your life also to that subject, because I mean, I, I say it too little. I mean, people often feel like there is not enough being done for people with tinnitus out there. And I think it's often a general feeling. Maybe it's simply a mismatch between the percentage of the population who actually deals with this and the approach that we actually have for it. You know, it's a little bit like with insomnia. There is no fantastic uh, physiological insomnia cure, at least for psycho, uh, physio psychophysiological insomnia, right? So we're talking about uh, these, these kind of insomnia conditions here, um, which is very insufficient um, uh, measures out there. I've personally tried some of them myself and I uh, must say the best, the, the best, the, the best approaches that I have for now are behavioral approaches where you learn to completely change your relationship with uh, the underlying condition. And so I just wanted to, I just wanted to say thank you for, um, for doing all that work and for going through um, all these different steps and theories. And, um, I, I, I'm sure I want to get a little bit into what, uh, the Chinese medicine approach in combination with the uh, traditional approach, uh, has brought up for you. But first I want to ask you, um, at the time when you were studying and when you went into the ENT clinic and when you were in Heidelberg, did you, um, know anyone in your family or anyone close by, or did you even experience tinnitus yourself at that time or? Not really. It was never a personal issue, no. Okay. As everybody else, I do have uh, a number of different tinnitus phenomena on and off sometime. Right. You know, I had a right. 
a central subtype at certain times. We all know the tinnitus perception that comes from fever, so the toxic subtype mm. happens to any one of us or after drinking a little bit too much the evening before. <laughs> uh, you know, sim simply the over-excitation of the central nervous, nervous uh, system and the, the auditory yeah. patterns. Yeah. And I did have some somatic tinnitus as well at certain times uh, after dental treatment. So I experienced this and that, but I never got into deep um, problems in terms of, um, I like to, to compare those two, you know, to say we have a tinnitus perception, which is a phenomenon, and we have the mental burden coming from it, the sleep problems, the the work um, uh, problems yeah. and and the leisure time, you know, uh, yeah. quality of life issues. And yeah. those are two things we need to yeah. separate, first of all. Sure. Because they always encounter, you know, uh, with us as one. But in, 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 in truth, of course, there are two. And this is one uh, maybe of my very basic approaches is to differentiate, to get a very differentiated look at the things it's my job as a physician, of course. If not, we do it. Who should do it? Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, but as a matter of fact, as you mentioned already, it's not done in practice, and this is one of our major problems. And I see it maybe a little bit different to you. The problem of tinnitus is something like a a small um, mirror image of our medicine as a whole. I think it just exhibits it shows what kind of problem we have in medicine right now okay mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. shown on a little uh field which is the tinnitus field um which problem we have in general medicine that's why our systems are so deficient they are so expensive mm -hmm. they're so mm -hmm. uh, extremely inefficient in their mm -hmm. performance mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. their outcome and uh as a matter of fact, I see it as the general problem. And this helped me very much by going back to the traditional Chinese side, for example, which is always this psychosomatic link, okay? When you have an inner ear disorder, you always speak about anxiety, fear, you know, even the kidney, even the bladder function, even, you know, the bones and so on. So it's always linked to other mm. situations in the human mm. body and so on. Whereas in modern Western medicine, we see everything so isolated mm. as if it was not linked to anything. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. And as a matter of fact, this is not true. We all know yeah. that right now, yeah. but decades ago, you talk yeah. about tinnitus as tinnitus, you know, and this is so wrong. Yeah. You never get anywhere. Yeah when you see it so isolated. Yeah. And this is something I think that improved definitely through the last years that we start the process of seeing tinnitus as a phenomenon, as a symptom, and begin to ask the question, which are the disorders which are underlying the symptom? And this is the first very important question we need to ask. If we do not ask this question, we will end up in nowhere land. You know, we cannot do anything without answering this question. I, I I could not agree more also with the statement that you need to ask. Um, uh, I mean, there is the symptom and the condition of tinnitus, and then there is the 
physiological and psychological reaction to it. And these are two different things. So for me, someone being habituated to their tinnitus, a spike, as you mentioned, after having one too many beers or after having a stressful week uh, sitting or standing at my desk and moving too little, uh, grinding my teeth more, and then experiencing an increase in tinnitus is not necessarily correlating with an increase in uh, psychophysiological arousal because I know my condition, I know my symptom. Uh, therefore, I don't really, you know, my it's not an additional factor that would uh, that would weigh on my nervous system. So it's so incredibly important, you know, the, the 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 effect that you say that the ENTs come to treat tinnitus patients and say, well, it's just a it's just a condition. It's a symptom like you shouldn't really worry about it. Don't be stressed out about this and just go home and try to relax. Right. And just to understand that that's exactly not what the person can do in that exact particular moment is like the first step where the system fails. Right. Because, well, yeah, maybe maybe the person doesn't need a bunch of other big um, remedies, but at least they have to be, first of all, ruled out. And second of all, if the least that we can do is try to um, uh, uh, limit the person's um, uh, anxiety reaction to their condition that they're experiencing, then we need to point them yeah. into a direction so they can learn more about it and understand the condition better. So I, I could not agree more on what you said about like these two things being separate, but also always coming together. Right. Likewise, it is so important to have a good counseling in the first, a positive counseling in the first moment as a tinnitus patient or sufferer when I meet a professional. This is so crucial to have a positive moment in this very, um, in this very moment uh, saying, okay, you got a symptom, we are ruling out your disorder no worries most of those disorders we can treat okay no reason to get anxious about it you're safe and we we do this path together and this is so extremely important so many problems in tinnitus management nowadays do start to exist the moment someone approaches an expert you know when when this typical sentence is said like, uh, I do not find any hearing disorder, you know, you got a tinnitus, I can't do anything about it, go home and live with it. This is so bad, so bad. And we're destroying so much of the relationship between patient and, and uh, doctor or counselor or whatever. And we're, uh, we're doing so much harm to the tinnitus person, so much harm. Do you, do you think that, I mean, you are an ENT, so uh, fine, uh, finally I get to ask this question. Do you think that, uh, I, I mean, in medical school, of course, when you become a doctor, you don't really like areas where you, first of all, in the school medicine field, <laughs> you, you have no quick fix. And of course, if you are a doctor and you studied all these years and you see many patients and the same patients keep coming back over and over and over again and bug you with this issue of tinnitus and you simply just don't have a pill that you prescribe that... Sometimes maybe ENT doctors get frustrated and then also say, you know what, you know that there's nothing I can do for you. Um, just please go home and relax and don't worry too much about it. That's the best that you can do. But of course, that's not very relaxing for the person at all, because the second thing they turn to is the Internet. And unfortunately, um, we see this the same happening in AI. Uh, the negative sides of the human condition uh, 
uh, they uh, get the upper hand on the internet. So the first thing that you're going to read about tinnitus, although there's wonderful solutions such as yours and my podcast, but it can only, it's like a, 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 a drip on a hot stone, right? So it's like way too little compared to all the negative and all the terrible stories that you can read out there. So coming back to the ENT question, what is your what is your perspective on this? This is a very important point. And we somehow go back to uh, the beginning of our conversation. Mm. It has to do with the system, the way we do medicine right now. Mm. Okay. Mm. In ENT medicine right now, it's simply the fact that as in medicine in general, we tend to go to quick and simple solutions in medicine. Mm. Also because the business model behind is that we're kind of selling therapies. Okay, we are paid to apply therapies. Yeah. Indifference to the old Chinese system where a doctor was paid when people were healthy. For and, the solution and not for and the out of the village when people <laughs> started to get sick. Okay, so what am I paying the doctor for? In our modern systems, it's the treatment and the diagnosis of disorders, so to say. And this makes it difficult because the tinnitus field is very complex and difficult. So it contradicts the business model. So we try to avoid the contact to a tinnitus patient because we know here we will need time and here we will not be able to apply quickly what we are paid for. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have an avoidance reaction on the side of ENT physicians in the regular system. Mm -hmm. And here we are in the problem because mm -hmm. someone approaches the doctor, the doctor says, okay, I'm doing my ENT stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not trained in actually finding your disorder. I'm just saying you have a hearing disorder or you don't. And that was it. I'm not trained in tinnitus diagnostics in specific or in treatment modalities. So I'm telling you, your ears are this and that, and that's it, goodbye. Mm. And this makes it so difficult, okay? Mm. We need the expertise in the field of ear, nose, and throat doctors, which is about, oh, you come with a symptom of tinnitus. Okay, I'm the specialist for you. I'm ruling out your disorders. Okay, one is in my field, this is hearing disorders. So we will rule out this anyways, because I'm an ENT physician. Right. But since I'm trained in tinnitus, I know that a number of tinnitus modalities and disorders come from the dental and the orthopedic system. So I will refer you to the, those doctors. Okay, and when you have a bilateral tinnitus perception, it is most likely something that has to do with your inner state, with your psychological situation. So I will send you to a psychiatrist or psychologist and we rule out whether this is your disorder. Mm. This is some, something completely different. Mm. The patient will feel heard immediately. Mm. Okay, And when the T physicians would kind of... Um, direct the diagnostic process of a tinnitus patient and then prescribe the treatments 
also in other fields, dentistry, orthodontic dentistry, mm. um, uh, uh, psychology, psychotherapy, or hearing disorders, hearing aids, whatever now, mm. you know, then we are so much further. Mm. This is one initiative that I was uh, doing right now with a with an pharmaceutical company in Germany that we simply give a, a diagnostic sheet to ENT physicians, which is asking, where do you hear your tinnitus? What quality does it have? Since when do you have it? Do you also have dental problems and so on? And help make the differential diagnosis mm. in the hands of ENT physicians. That has to change. Mm. When ENT physicians stay in the state of not being trained, not being uh, 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 specialized or an expert in, tin in the tinnitus field, simply because they want to avoid complex uh, mm -hmm. situations in medicine, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we will be stuck in the problem. But we try to improve this and also your efforts mm -hmm. and, and my initiative. Mm -hmm. um, ben Thompson in New York City and, and many, many mm -hmm. more people in the last years I think we change it gradually and it has changed already in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if I look back when I first started dealing with tinnitus 2019, of course, I already had a smartphone and I was able to Google, but uh, uh, like I just read yesterday on LinkedIn, uh, Ben just ra uh, ranked up uh, 10 million views on YouTube, on his YouTube channel. Uh, that was something that was unthinkable. Um, I also did one of the first podcast episodes when uh, Ban uh, hadn't launched uh, Pure Tinnitus and then Trouble Health uh, when he was still working at an audiology clinic. And now he uh, raised it to a massive uh, a business helping people with tinnitus in the US. Um, and uh, I can only congratulate him from the point of uh, all these people have now access to good quality content on the YouTube platform. Now, his approach might be a little bit different, but I mean, that's again for the for the patient or for the client to decide on what is the, their best fit, what do they most need or believe in, and that's absolutely fine. But just the sheer fact that, I mean, Tinnitus Talk and these forums, they were fantastic starts, but the big problem is, as we said, if you put people in a cage all with the same condition, with the same levels of uh, cortisol and adrenaline um, uh, uh, pumped into the system via this condition, all saying how terrible they feel and how life-threatening this condition is to them currently, then unfortunately you get a very, very dangerous playing field. And I think Ben has managed to level that a lot with uh, all his views on YouTube. Um, I'm trying my best with uh, multiple thousand listenerships in the US on my podcast. So I think uh, that uh, is something that uh, I can provide to the field and something that feels good to myself and and to me, because I remember I got tinnitus at the time where I um, I was uh, uh, way too young to understand and, and, and know where to go. Luckily, I had a very good ENT. He was very nice. He took the time to explain to me that with my one damaged ear, I should be a little bit more careful about uh, loud noise exposure then a couple of years later, he explained to me that maybe um, there was onset hearing loss where I would benefit from a slight hearing aid, which I then did. It was a little bit difficult for me to get into that uh, wearing a hearing aid at like just 20 years of age. 
But as soon as I realized, like, I mean, people wear glasses. Why, why shouldn't I wear a hearing aid? I mean, it's, I mean, yes, it's still stigmatized as this old flashy hearing aid from grandpa. But generally, generally speaking, I'm, I'm, uh, as you say, it becomes so much more accessible, especially over the internet with all these solutions out there. And people just simply can choose whatever solution they think is best for them or combine even different uh, treatment modalities and uh, really learn um, what tinnitus is about and what it's not about. I just want to uh, finish this uh, long monologue, sorry for that, by one um, metaphor that I'm using with my clients sometimes. It's um, the metaphor of uh, construction workers where... Uh, every second construction worker might be dealing with tinnitus at some point in their life, um, just simply through uh, the loud noise exposure. And then, so the young guy uh, starts dealing with tinnitus and he says, I goes to the old guy and says, hey, man, I just I have this thing in my ear and I, I couldn't really sleep last night. So this was sound is weird. And and then do you have ever had that? And he's like the old guy just laughs at him and says, oh, son, you know what? If you ask every, every second of us or like literally everyone who works here on this construction site has had it before or I still have it for 30 years, don't pay attention to it. Don't worry about it. And that guy <laughs> never goes to worry about it. I mean, yeah, surely he should be worrying about a sense of hearing eventually and is uh, protecting his ears. But that's uh, but that's he's supposed to do that anyways. And he knows that. Uh, through through education mm. but at least the way of t dealing with tinnitus is completely different right well you, i think you mentioned two very important uh, subjects here first of all um it is crucial it is very important that a tinnitus sufferer should not go to the internet and ask dr google for his complaints <laughs> it's not good advice because things are too complex and what you read in the internet about tinnitus 85 percent is just not true hmm. or it it goes or it starts from the um paradigm of tinnitus is a disorder we simply apply symptomatic treatment and this is not the right way to do it okay this is very dangerous so first of all tinnitus sufferers need an expert to assist in the process of diagnosing the disorders and of treating and of helping you know as you said many people with the same complaint on one on one spot simply not a good idea and it also leads to a second point which is i think very very important uh, already in the first contact. And this is the phenomenon of co-regulation. Okay. As human beings, the moment we get in contact with another human being, we start to exchange information about the state of regulation of the other human being hmm. in a, in a, in a um, process that simply happens when we encounter each other. Hmm. And what happens when I encounter someone who is scared about what I'm just telling him or her? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I will realize there obviously is a reason to be anxious and scared about it. So my situation will become worse. Yeah. This is so important that, that uh, tinnitus sufferers do not talk to each other too much yeah. because they're both scared but to talk to people that have solved the problem for yeah. their self or yeah. are just into an expertise that is 
covering any kind of state that they are experiencing. So that they communicate a relaxed kind of inner state. Yeah. Okay. And that's why it is so important to have an expertise available in the internet, which is really helpful. And this is always about uh, a little bit the story that you were telling, of course, but it begins with the diagnostic process, with the differential diagnostic process. Stop saying tinnitus is a disorder. We want to say tinnitus is a symptom as headache, as stomach ache, as itching skin. We want to know what is behind it. Why do so few people ask this question in tinnitus? Okay. Mm. Mm. And this is the beginning. And this is where a good assistance in tinnitus starts with mm. this idea of the differential diagnosis and someone who can communicate to me, uh, it's all fine. Okay. There might be some tinnitus left in a couple of months or so, but you right. will be able to work. You will be able to live your life. It's not yeah. a obstacle in your life that will keep yeah. you from uh, living a happy life. Just a very, very quick word about our newly releasing uh, book. If you go to www.tinnitus-book.com, you can find um, my newly releasing book, which I'm very excited and proud about. Um, I hope that this episode has been filling you with a lot of hope already, maybe with a few interesting facts and insights already. But if you want to continue this journey and really read it in your own speed, everything that I'm talking about, everything that I have to offer, uh, everything that I've learned about Tinnitus in the past few years, then I can uh, have no better resources than and, and wholeheartedly say that I really recommend you check out the book. It's at www.tinnitus-book.com. And I have uh, in the last episode on this podcast also uh, read the first two chapters of the book. So if you haven't made, uh, no, if you haven't made, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go to um, the last podcast episode where I read the first two chapters and then you can get a little bit of a sneak preview and see whether you would enjoy reading that book and whether that's something you want to get into. I can only recommend it. The people who have pre-read it and, and uh, helped me um, writing and editing, uh, they were all uh, very, very positive about it. So I hope that you uh, will benefit from it too. Go to tinnitus-book.com to get your copy. Um, and yeah, that's all for, for now. Let's get back into the episode. I hope that you're taking a lot of value from Dr. Michael Goldenhofen today. And I'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love this, uh, this herd mentality thing. And uh, I think one thing that's very important is going back to our roots of where we come from as human race, as human beings, as what we are designed for to do on this planet, uh, survive and reproduce. So survival instinct is the one we're talking about here. So if I right now see a lion jump at me and I do this, immediately your amygdala gets triggered and says, whoa, wait, Michael, although you're like 400 kilometers away, but you can immediately say from my, your, your brain immediately reacts. So this is trying to communicate that to people that that happens even when you are on your smartphone reading what a terrible experience that other person had. Your brain can't differentiate that you are not sitting at the coffee chat outside your cave 150,000 years ago, or maybe not that long ago, but yeah, you get it, 20,000 years ago. So your brain doesn't unfortunately know that. Your brain only knows like, ooh, 
this applies to me. This must be dangerous. Um, okay, so I might, I, I, I will probably have to anticipate that the situation will get a lot worse. And if this person has this problem and it's this bad, then I don't see a reason why it shouldn't be this bad for me as well, right? And then, I, I mean, we get more alert in order to tackle the problem, which in fact for survival is a good thing, just not tinnitus. If we right, you know, you you mention a very important point for the tinnitus treatment in general, which can be provided to some point by by AI. Uh, triggered uh, algorithms and so on, but not completely, not completely. Very important work done by Stephen Porteous from Chicago, pointing out that we as human beings live in three different states of our autonomic nervous system, okay? It is either some very dangerous state of a free situation that actually happens to us before we die not so extremely important but very important is the state of fight and flight okay and this is what happens so many uh, uh tinnitus sufferers because they're in their uh, business process they're uh you know having anxiety about their economical situation psychological relationship situations and so on and they get more and more into this state of fight and flight you know, of activity and and um, and and performing and so on and so on and so on and so on. And the autonomic nervous system, also the hearing system, adjusts to this fight and flight state, which is about listening very carefully to the threat outside. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This is not what we want, right? right. In tinnitus, we want to yeah. defocus very often the attention, the auditory attention from the tinnitus sound away to something that happens around me. And this is the third state, activating the social engagement system, which happens to us when we're in silence and when we feel safe. So very much about a successful tinnitus treatment is about making individuals understand that they live constantly in this state of fight and flight. And they want to leave that if they want to make their tinnitus treatment successful, simply by uh, reaching the state of social engagement, coming down, uh, relaxing, feeling safe, and then starting to interact socially which is also happening in our middle ears. You know, the muscles in the middle ear start to contract in the state of fight and flight, and they conduct the hearing in a different, the sound in a different way, as if we're in the um, social engagement state. Then these muscles relax, and other sound qualities reach my brain. So it's a very complex mechanism of hearing understanding mm. and activating our central nervous system mm. autonomic nervous system mm. plus the fact that we need human beings to co-regulate into states of social engagement and safety whereas when i sit on the computer all the time not even realizing that i'm in a fight and flight all the time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and and dealing with some some avatars or whatever not you yeah, know yeah he doesn't do the job yes you're so right 
and I mean, this will be so true, not only for people dealing with tinnitus, but with so many other things in their life. I mean, I can see it in myself. Daily. Uh, we even even working on tinnitus, uh, working so much on my on my desk, having so many different tasks to schedule to say we got to do this now and then next that and then prioritize this and this is that and, uh, and, and the whole time you're like running from one end to the next and your 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 state is hyper reactive and then you get the sense of like Ooh, if only I could work on a farm for two weeks and just like I don't know like take care of the animals or something like that which is a very very hard job I'm sure. But it's also extremely gratifying because you're not constantly sitting on the computer in fight or flight, basically. Right. Um, it has very much to do with our relationship to our human body. You know, yeah. uh, sitting on yeah. the computer, we're so much in cognitive processes, whereas yeah. we need this uh, uh, this contact to our bodies. Uh, that's why so many psychotherapeutical methods, not only the cognitive behavioral one that you mentioned already but yep. also those body related therapies you mm. know it's um somatic experiencing or uh, systemic uh, approaches where you where you want to uh, go into your your senses you know uh, mm. all your senses and relating back to your physical existence mm only to your cognitive but to mm. your physical existence which mm. is extremely important and we will have a workshop uh, uh next uh, next month in sardinia working an entire week with tinnitus patients mm. and there we will meditate we will do uh, physical movements we will bring people back into their physical existence in order to help with the tinnitus perception nice and these therapies are very important and they of course need time and they need effort from the side of therapists but it is extremely um important when you want to deal successfully with tinnitus patients to to realize what happens with us in modern day life and mm. What of this type of life is a foundation for uh, the the enhancing number uh, of tinnitus sufferers nowadays? You know, it's mm. also the tribute to uh, to our modern lifestyle style as, mm. well, as a matter. Mm. I, there's one thing that came to my mind when we we're talking about this um, engagement from other people or, or or getting stuck in fight or flight through the experience of other people we have a space in our community it's called the i i called it uh, the tinnitus venting space so it's a space where um people can feel safe to vent ventilate and vent their frustration and anger but one of the biggest rules of that vent vent space is that you take between two and five minutes before posting so between two and five minutes, and if you want to, there's one video where I explain how to use the space. And in order for clearly transform your process of this is terrible, this is ruining my life. Um, I'm deciding on on uh, what to do next, so to say, um, towards going, why am I feeling like this right now? What has influenced it maybe a certain state in the day um, where am I coming from? How were the last few weeks? And then going towards using those, that framework, starting to think about what you were going to post in there. And if you then still want to post the same thing, that's fine. But 
most of the times people have already moderated their response and then turn it into something creative and productive as in I'm dealing with this issue right now. I'm trying to find self-compassion, but I don't have it in me right now. So does anyone have an idea on how to approach this current problem of mine? And reframing that in a way gives people the possibility that I think that they come from this heightened anxiety state and then realize that it's in their own power through a mix of exercises and ideas to change that. And when that process goes in a group, right, in a group setting, that's basically, I mean, of course, a little bit moderated by me. So sometimes I would have had to tell people, maybe you didn't think long enough about what you're posting in here. Maybe you have to moderate it a little bit. Can I support you? And But when that happens, you see people transform and it becomes more than an outlet for victimization in order to feel that you need to be saved by someone towards empowering yourself to see your own psychophysiological response in a different light. And when other people see that as well, you have like one cycle of empowerment completed, right? Yeah. Definitely. I love this when you say this. I really love this because it is, of course, bringing uh, your clients into the state of not externalizing the problem but in some ways internalizing them and then transforming them into some new reactions some new things they might want to develop and this of course is the way we heal as human beings right Mm. this is the way we heal Mm. by transforming us to another state of being This is what means healing, basically. And medicine has those three aspects to it. It has the the hierarchy aspect of the expert talking to the patient and explaining to her or him what happens. Mm. It has the physician or the therapeutical level where one side kind of negotiates with the other side what you can you do what do you want to do and so on so what can be done in treatment Mm, mm, mm. and then there is another state in my eyes which is the therapeutical and healing state this is both sides sit together and they kind of ask for transformational help somewhere else and what you just described actually you know Um, is this third element that you enter when you're with together with somebody in a healing journey that you uh, kind of internalize that you create self-awareness for what happened and that you initiate and you support the process of transforming Mm. what happened and what basically created the symptom in this in this side the tinnitus symptom so that someone else can transform to being another form of being mm. without tinnitus. Mm. This is what, what is meant with the word healing. Mm. And um, this is very wonderful. You know, this is uh, not happening very often. So this makes your work very precious. 
Thank you. But let's talk about your work for a little bit. I promised the listeners at the start already. Um, I mean, we're going to put that in the show notes as well, but um, how would it look like? So um, where can people find you? What does your uh, current solutions and offerings look like? And where might people want to go in order to find some of your work? <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm uh, what I'm offering uh, is uh, three different um ways of contacting me. One is my practice in Germany, where I see patients on a regular basis and investigate them, do all the testing for tinnitus. I usually take one hour of time to ask all the symptoms to really think about everything that has a relationship to the symptom of tinnitus. And then I do my ENT work and then I'm trained in osteopathy and I'm trained in another uh, number of other techniques. So I try to get a whole picture of the patient. This is what happens in my practice. And then secondly, I do uh, counseling on uh, on the video screen from clients all over the world, basically assisting them in their process of diagnosing, of treating, of healing. And the third is one that I just created, which is uh, an initiative which tries to make things uh, sustainable in a way that it is intelligent, but not too expensive. This is also important, of course, um, which is a an algorithm, a digital algorithm that you can enter and which starts with a test. It is just a number of questions asked about your symptoms. Where do you have the tinnitus? Since when do you have it? Uh, how does it sound? And so on and so on in order to make up a preliminary diagnosis. So we provide an analysis of the symptoms, which is kind of suggesting a disorder, hmm. you know, a diagnosis that most likely exists. And then you enter a next step where you have a letter that you can download from me uh, asking your physicians to verify this diagnosis. Nice. Okay. okay. Uh, depending on the structure of your symptoms, you find a recommendation. Please visit your dentist, have an x-ray, ask him, do I have a CMD? Yes or no? And so on and so on and so on. So I yeah. guide the process of diagnosing. Mm. I guide the process of treating. Mm. And then I also guide the process of healing, which is not so easy in a digitalized form. But anyways, and this algorithm is, first of all, a tinnitus test. And then it is a recommendation service, which shows videos from me explaining this subtype and that subtype, explaining uh, me uh, the diagnostic process. Where do I have to go? What do I have to ask for? And what will be the result? And how does my treatment, treatment look like? Hmm. It is basically what I do in my private practice since decades, mm. but it is done in a digitalized form so that it is not so expensive in the mm. end. Mm. And I put this all on a website and we were just done with our MVP on, on, on Tinny Care, uh, having the test ready, having uh, the the whole process of, of recommendations and of uh, the tutorial videos ready and you can enter it. It's on the website www.tinny, double N I, hyphen, 
care.com. And, and we have there the test, and we have there some information about everything, and also the possibility to come from the digitalized product to the personal counseling if that is necessary. When things are getting very difficult, and that's the case in approximately almost 20%, it's just very difficult in tinnitus. Eighty mm. percent, um, I think, we can cover with a digitalized form, and then twenty mm. percent might have to ask a couple of questions in a one-on-one -on -one situation mm, 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 about mm. the diagnostic process and so on. And I make myself available for that as well. Mm. But the core, of course, is a very, um, I hope, intelligent digitalized product about testing and about uh, assisting the process of diagnosis and treatment of tinnitus. That's great. Um, that's very, very, very good to hear. Um, so I just want to repeat that again. It's T-T-I-N-N-I-minus-care.com, right? Right. Okay, perfect. And we're going to put that in the show notes as well so people can access and check it out. Because um, I think this goes exactly into the realm of the work that ENT uh, practitioners should already be doing. Um, and I, of course, understand myself to be a little bit, little bit further down the line anyways, right? So ideally, right. people have gone through all of this already, have seen someone as yourself and um, have had maybe the diagnosis, maybe parts of the treatment, um, but at least a diagnosis, so to to rule out and to see what is the the, the appropriate ENT or audiological perspective, etc. And then eventually, when we talk about psychological aspect of tinnitus management, um, that's when I understand that I want to uh, uh, also sort out and help some and, and provide some help. But I think that it is fantastic. So um, um, I, I'll definitely suggest it to uh, the listeners to go check out your. The um the um the prototype of no not the prototype you said you had the the MVP MVP launched already mm -hmm. okay great. that's right that's right fantastic yeah I think this is the work we as ENT physicians have to do I mean you know you are very much into uh, the treatment section and even the healing part you know the moment you really help people to to look inside and to wait five minutes and before they post what they have uh, on, on an emotional reaction. So you're very far up in the therapeutic process. What we need to do as ENT physicians is to take our patients seriously mm. when they come yeah. and they tell us they have a tinnitus perception. And we need to assist and perform the diagnostic and the assessment process. This is our job. Mm. And we're not doing that very well at the moment. Mm. And this is why I see myself in this Tinicare project as the one to uh, improve the situation in the differential diagnostic process. I'm mm. not even doing any kind of therapy mm. in, this, in this website, okay? Mm. I'm not, mm. you know, uh, not selling mm. kind of uh, sound uh, files for yeah. audio stimulation or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah, not yeah. doing but I am assisting in making the right choice. Right. And this is what it takes right now. Maybe yep. even more than creating the uh, the 25th kind of uh, download uh, webpage for sound files or whatever. You know, this is not the challenge. The challenge nope. is what disorder am I suffering from 
yeah. with more tinnitus perception. And this yeah. is exactly what I want to provide yeah. as an ENT physician with this algorithm. Yeah. And and I think this is uh, an important kind of step. Uh, probably the most important kind of step, because if people don't know what way to choose forward, then they don't know where to turn to. So, um, I mean, I've had people uh, with... Um, uh, 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 pulsatile tinnitus and they hadn't seen a doctor yet and i said well it's, it's time for you to go to the doctor very quickly now because mm -hmm. uh, pulsatile tinnitus is a completely different thing and there might be many different uh, issues that might be uh, that might be um, at risk here so you might want to go uh, quickly now <laughs> tomorrow if you can <laughs> but right. um, you know so i mean people need they they need to know what they can expect or, or I mean they need a process of I mean we, we're talking about up to 30% of the population in future maybe even more with all the uh, noise exposure all the stress that we have in modern societies etc um, we took may, might be even talking more um, and then of course all these people are going to need some kind of way to know and find out what the next step for them is right and it can't always be uh either choosing hearing aid maskers or uh, going to a CBT treatment or uh, something like that. But it might also involve a few other steps that are very, very crucial to be completed before trying to go down that route. Exactly. So I think that's, that's very important. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine you go to a hospital, to an emergency unit yeah. with a stomach ache. Yeah. It could be an acute appendicitis where yeah. you need surgery. Yeah. It could also be just a wrong meal the evening before. Right. In a woman, it could be a pregnancy. Right. So is it okay to leave the unit with a painkiller tablet? Could end deadly, you know? Yeah. When yeah, it's sure. appendicitis, and this is what we do right now in tinnitus. Yeah. Okay. We say there is a guideline that recommends CBT treatment to any kind of tinnitus patient, and that's it. That's the only recommendation we give. Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy is psychotherapy, and that's it. Right. It's exactly the same um, recommendation that you give to a stomach ache patient in the in the emergency unit saying, okay, here are your painkiller tablets, goodbye. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. and this has to change. Okay, this yeah. has to change. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more to what you said. Well, and it is fantastic that you are driving that change. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm very, very excited to see where uh, that solution and your uh, websites and offerings are headed. I'm sure that we will have you uh, back on the show. It's been um, a big, big, big pleasure to have you and uh, very, very nice to to connect with someone um, of your expertise. So, of course, in the name of all the listeners, of all the people who've tuned into this episode today, I want to uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I, I want to ask you, maybe, do you have um, anything that you would want to say to someone who's recently started dealing with tinnitus or someone who um, has been dealing with tinnitus or to um, anyone listening out there, any special remarks or anything that you would like to say, some words of encouragement, anything that you would like to share with the people listening? I would just uh, love to repeat what we just said before, which is um, 
uh, try to connect with people like Frieder and maybe myself uh, who are dealing with this issue in a relaxed way because they know that there is help in most cases. So there is no reason to become uh, anxious or even get into panic about a tinnitus perception. It's a symptom. Uh, you will find out what disorder lies behind it if you go the right path, which is not going to the internet, but, but which is contacting um, an expert, which is helping you on the diagnostic path and then on the treatment path, and then everything will be fine. That's my message for today. Okay, well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a big, big, big pleasure. Um, I'm sure we will have you back on the show. Uh, thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in the next one. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, please keep on doing your work, Frieder. Very much uh, appreciated. And thank you so much. And bye-bye. Thank you. We'll do. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast with uh, Dr. Michael Goldenhofen, uh, ENT physician and specialist from uh, Germany. I hope that it's been useful for you. Again, I love to produce this con content. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, consider leaving me a positive review as that makes it easier for other people to also find this podcast and all major podcast platforms. I'm really, really grateful for being able to do this and that you guys are uh, such amazing listeners with all the feedback that I get. Um, you can always email me to frida at outringtinnitus.com. If you just go to outringtinnitus.com, you can also find the book. Um, and you can also find your way to our online community under www.mytinnitus.club. I have created a community where, um, yeah, almost 50 people are coming together and really um, uh, 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 getting closer towards habituation. We have uh, weekly events, including game nights and fun events that all the people who come together uh, really have a positive twist and spin on their tinnitus and people who've been longer in the community and who are a little bit further on the road to habituation might be able to assist you if you're coming in anew and you'll of course also support me uh, in my project so if that's something you're interested in you know that you can find all the resources to everything that i mentioned uh, in the show notes and in the description to this episode um, I hope, as usual, it's been useful for you, uh, from my heart to yours, from uh, wherever you're listening and tuning into, wishing you all the best. Oh, no, wait, before I forget, one final thing. Um, in two weeks' time, uh, we'll be at the Tinnitus Conference. There is an online Tinnitus Conference, so the uh, British Tinnitus Association, I think uh, one of the biggest or the second biggest uh, Tinnitus organization, apart from the American Tinnitus Organization, is hosting an online tinnitus conference surely going to be the biggest online tinnitus conference um, and you can check it out just uh, uh, google a uh, uk tinnitus conference um, and it starts on i think the 25th of september i'll be there with my tinnitus club we'll have a special booth where you can come by and chat to us so if that's something you're interested in uh, to also hear a lot of speakers talk about tinnitus researchers and mix and mingle with people uh, on the tinnitus conference and get to meet me um uh, then uh, join us in that conference otherwise make sure to go to outringtinnitus.com to check out all the resources and everything that I share um, I really hope that 
this podcast has been useful for you. I hope that you've been able to take something from, from it. And if there's only one wish for all of you out there, then I hope um, that all of you get better, that you push through, that you uh, have the belief that your journey gets better with Tinnitus, that habituation is on the other end and that you will come out stronger and that we can make that happen together. So yeah, I'll see you in the next episode and wishing you all the best. Until then, goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at outringtinnitus.com. See you next time.